Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. And I'm really excited today to talk really about, well, about how we can get through our lives when we feel stuck or blocked or burdened in some way. And also along with that, we've been reading a lot about suicide lately. So we're going to talk about that too. And my guests have a very unique therapy and a unique way of working with people to help them uncover their roots and just grow and flourish. My guests are... Emily Lelfield and Dan Cohen. They're a psychotherapist and psychologist who specializes in helping entrepreneurs and other professionals accomplish their most ambitious goals for personal development and business success. Emily and Dan's unique practice model incorporates the growing body of evidence suggesting that consciousness continues beyond our bodily death. And they're going to discuss recent celebrity suicides as well as the importance and impact of mental health throughout a person's life. Emily and Dan work with the unseen ancestral presences and inherited imprints that are behind our most challenging emotional, behavioral, and relationship issues. Welcome, Dan and Emily. Hey, Patricia. Patricia. Uh, Thanks for having us on. I love that intro and really excited to speak to you and, and your listeners. Thank you so much, Patricia, for having us on the on the show. We've listened to your shows and are um, are always impressed by um, the wealth of wisdom that you share with your listeners. So thanks for including us in that web. Well, I'm really glad. And I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about how, you know, people who feel stuck and blocked and burdened, and I mean, we all have that. I don't think anybody gets away in this life without having that at some time in their life. So how does your process help them get unstuck and get what they want or manifest what they want? Well, the, you know, at the kind of the front edge of what we're doing is the idea that anyone who kind of sets a course for themselves that has an idea that they want to pursue or is thinking about having a change in their life or just comes up with some intention or desire that they want to manifest that part of the process of manifesting it is to confront the resistance to it. That it's the, the two really come together. That when you declare an intention or declare your desire for some forward movement, you will immediately be in relationship with the resistance, the, the opposition to it in some form or another. And our way of working is to look at it systemically rather than focus on it on a particular person and your, the flaws listening to the mind chatter, which is uh, fills people with fear and doubts, uh, to look at, at a larger uh, systemic perspective where you can see that the intention and the resistance actually have a relationship with each other. And the resistance can be worked through and, and worked with in support of manifesting the, the intention. Hmm. Emily, your addition to that? Yeah, um, we find that, you know, we, we, I know that part of our talk today is around celebrity suicides and, and um, kind of the rise of suicide in, in the United States, seen across the board. Um, 
And in our, our practice, uh, our orientation is that you know, depression, anxiety, a sense of being stuck, financial hardships, um, alienation, loneliness, a feeling of not belonging, of being lost in some, inside of one's life. Um, all, all of these, rather than asking, you know, what these, these are symptoms of, there's an orientation that they're symptoms of a chemical health condition within our, our brains that science has kind of located um, these these challenges and these uh, struggles as uh, chemical, you know, symptoms. And, and the, what we're looking at is, you know, who, who is present in the symptom? Who are we in love and loyalty with that is present? Uh, who before us had financial hardships, depression, anxiety, loneliness, suicide? Um, you know, who has not been acknowledged in the family system that in some way the after effect of some earlier trauma may be reoccurring in this person's life? So we work with, okay. um, we kind of go beyond coping skills and positive thinking and mindfulness and move into um, expanding into this space where we're, we're, we're kind of diving deep into the dark, disempowering, mind chatter or self-sabotaging impulses and paralyzing fears that collapse some of our highest intentions. Um, we kind of dive into that to look for who are we in relationship. Um, if, if we're the fruit and we're growing from a vine, um, we want to kind of travel back down that vine to find the, the origin of the problem. And when you actually access, when your subconscious mind accesses the unconscious imprint that's been inherited from anywhere from, you know, researchers showing all the way back to 14 generations that our brains carry seven to 14 generations of trauma memory. Um, let me ask you, so by, is, is this, you know, let me ask you, is this like, because um, when you say that, I almost think about hypnosis, you know, where you take somebody back or you go into, are, are people actually looking at other lifetimes of themselves or they're trying to imagine what their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents said and how, and if that's so, how are they getting that information? Dan? Well, it, it does have some parallels to uh, past life uh, regression work and, and hypnosis. The, the, one of the distinctions is that we're following, for the most part, we're following the biological lineage. So we're working with ancestral memory rather than past life memory. Uh, it's not to say that one or the other is, is um, you know, more valid than the other. It just happens to be the pathways that, that we, where our expertise is, is working right. along the biological lineage, what's in our cellular memory that comes through the, the continuum of life that uh, we have inherited from our ancestors. Uh, but there is an aspect of it where we, we have found that the consciousness that preceded us remains a- active after bodily death. It's not all extinguished. It um, remains in some type of larger field of consciousness, and the living, breathing humans are able to be in communication with it and access it. And it's, it's an art that has uh, been lost in the last couple of centuries, but mm. it is uh, something that's built into evolutionary design and, and that uh, we're able to work with it. Yeah, uh, Emily, when, when people are able to access this, let's say that, all right, uh, I'll just give an example. So let's say that you were abused and then you work within this sort of role play or whatever it is or therapy where then you were able to access the way your mother and your be- father behaved or whoever it was who abused you. And you're able to come up with that and understand it and relive it. What does that do for you? Does that release it? What we found is um, when people dive deep into that, there 
oftentimes the first part of a constellation might access the person's lived abuse or lived trauma, their lifetime trauma. And it might start there. And then we step back a generation, we feel into the grandparents and we look for uh, what, what it looked like, you know, what that symptom or that trauma pattern, that challenge, that abuse, you know, where it originated. So if, if your mother was abusive to you, you might step back and feel your mo- your mother's mother and father and find uh, how how their parents treated her. And then you step further back. And many times you go to the place where where it began, the origin. So it might be um, it might be uh, that that the parents have been embodying the Nazi energy um, in in the lineage that was a, oppressive or aggressive towards the Jews, and that's been passed down. And somehow there's um, some fate that needs to be acknowledged in the lineage. And once that is acknowledged, so once the living being, the living descendant, who is typically our client, who maybe knows nothing about um, trauma or abuse four or five generations back, sometimes we end up in, like, orphanages. So there's that orphanage, there's a, they find out that a great-grandmother was, uh, was adopted, and uh, there was a period of time great-grandmother lived in an orphanage and was abused by the caregivers in the orphanage, and that abuse has been recre- repeated generation after generation after generation. Um, and the living right? descendant maybe didn't know it. Right, but Emily, they may not, uh, they may not really know that, correct? I mean, they... Right, but they do. I mean, many times our clients will go back and, and find out online and it, and what... They made contact with in this session is um, validated uh, via their research later on. Many times we see people who are adopted and have no family history information. Um, But what it actually, it's not so much about understanding and knowing the stories. It's it's less about that. It's more about acknowledging who has been unacknowledged or, or what pain has not, what story has not been passed down that keeps repeating. And once that story is acknowledged or seen or noticed, the symptoms change. So the person who continues to end up in abusive relationships just stops being in an abusive relationship or the person who's experiencing financial hardship will start to experience abundance in their life. Um, just kind of systemically, the, the, the pattern just shifts. Yes, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, or maybe, um, you know, this is, this is sort of an example um, where, you know, in, in part of your life, there may have been a very codependent relationship, let's say, with money. And then you see where that pattern comes from. And so when you get into another relationship where money is concerned, you, you're able to somehow break that so you don't see it as a codependence as you did before and as power over and as, you know, ownership. And... What do you think about that? I mean, that, that, that's something I've seen break in patterns with people. Definitely. Uh, we're, we're so much trapped in, in patterns that you can, you know, identify them by the things you swear that you'll never do or never do again that happen again. And those, that's the telltale of uh, one of these systemic patterns. And it, it really is beyond what your own lived experience is. It's not... a uh, kind of a psychological process where you can go back and, and you know, relive your own yeah. childhood trauma. But it's really, really reaching back to, to older events, uh, that things that you don't know, 
and they're not ordinarily available, but they are actually available through these pathways of non-ordinary consciousness. So it's a, it's a bit of spirit channeling going on. We don't, we don't really emphasize that, uh, but yes. we are accessing information that is not ordinarily available us through, uh, you know, memories of things that happened or stories that we've been told. But the, the information is available to us. What are some of the um, success stories? Give us an example, if you would, of someone who, you know, might have had a certain trauma or pattern that was really stopping them. And then after having done the work, it really shifted. Just give us sort of a concrete example. Okay. Well, I can, I can think of uh, a couple right, right offhand. I'm, I'm sure there's, uh, I'm sure there's, there's um, many. So one I can think of is we worked with a woman uh, who's actually from New Zealand who's had been working on a project for the last 20 years uh, to develop a alternative uh, placement within the justice system for uh, young offenders, uh, for people who, uh, young men who get uh, caught up in the criminal justice system. And she wanted to create an organic farm that would... Uh, bring them into contact with the earth and allow them to grow plants oh. and, and get alternative education and and yeah. um, revitalize their heritage. And mm. she worked on this project for many, many years, and, and she made a certain amount of headway with it, but the, the funding wasn't there, the property wasn't there, the institutional support wasn't there. And she came to us and she uh, came into our uh, immersion program a few years ago, and, uh, you know, we worked through... Uh, you know, in, in, in a lot of depth, uh, both refining what her intention was and what were the influences, the systemic resources that she had to support it, and also what were the, the blocks. And uh, we just heard from her within the last couple of weeks. I mean, the, the property is purchased. Uh, the, the development is, is occurring. There's improvements uh, being put in by the town, and she's just gotten... Uh, a green light to be funded by the, the uh, justice and the uh, criminal justice and the education departments uh-huh. for the state of uh, New Zealand are putting funding in to be able to uh, launch this, and it's a model that they actually want to use throughout New Zealand. Another um, success story that can be, you know, it's quite simple. So it's a, a much more simplified version. Is that you know a mother came and did work with us who has a child with Asperger's. Um, and she came and did a constellation on um, feeling like her, her son was incredibly socially isolated and unwilling to really leave his room. And after doing the constellation, she called us the next week and said the same day that we did the constellation, he um, didn't come home from school on the, uh, you know, on the school bus. And uh, he had signed up for student council. And then from there, he started to attend the dances and all of the extracurricular events. And he actually, I just got word that he was um, prom king uh, this, uh, just this last month. So she, you know, she contacted us to let us know um, that, you know, he just did this complete 180 and he wasn't even in our session. We, she, she worked on behalf of him. Well, we're going to take a quick break. This is amazing. I want to go back after the break, Dan, and I want to ask you about that woman who created this amazing farm for people who were in prison. And I want to ask you after the break about, you know, what were the blocks that were preventing this and how they opened up? And maybe the same thing with Emily with this other person. And then after that, I do want to spend some time talking about suicide because a lot of the work that you do is understanding 
the patterns, as you said, ancestral patterns that go back for generations. So actually, if people would understand that through this work that you're doing, we'd probably prevent more suicides. So I want to talk about that after the break as well. My guests are Emily Blefeld and Dan Cohen, and they are psychotherapists and psychologists, and they specialize in helping entrepreneurs and other professionals accomplish their goals. And they have a special uh, kind of work. Uh, Dan and Emily, what do you what do you call your work? Is it called constellation work? Uh, yes, it's it's um, it's a form of, of systemic family constellations, which a, a lot of people may have heard of. And so uh, I was trained in it by the, the founder, Bert Hellinger, almost 20 years ago and have been practicing uh, since that time. And then Emily and I have been working together the last six years uh, doing it. And so we've evolved a form of constellations, uh, which we're calling Seeing With Your Heart constellations. So it's based on uh, really the perception uh, that we're able to uh, work with when people uh, kind of stand still and attune and, and open their heart as an organ of perception. Uh, that's the the main conduit that we use to be able to access consciousness beyond the ordinary. Okay. And the name of the website is seeingwithyourheart.com. And we'll be back that's with right. and Dan right after the break. Stay tuned. Right, we're right to voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We're on the Variety Channel, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. And we are talking to Emily Blefeld, and they are partners in this wonderful uh, system called Systemic Constellations. And they work with, uh, with people to really go back and understand the history and the ancestry to the patterns that are now showing up in their life. And they do this in groups. They do this individually. Um, and welcome. They're both psychotherapists and psychologists. Welcome back, Emily and Dan. <laughs> and they're Thank you. so a couple so I'll ask them about that how you how you balance personal and professional but we've got all that good stuff coming first I want to I want to go back with you Dan when you were talking about the woman in New Zealand because I could relate to this you know working on a project for years and really waiting it for, to pop and it sort of did and sort of didn't what was it in that work what was it that got released in her from the work that allowed her to all of a sudden start manifesting what she wanted in that project. That's what I want to know. Well, there was a there was a number of things. I think one of the risks in being helpful when there's an identification of people with more resource, people with less resource, and there's a, a philanthropic a movement or desire for the the more resource person to, to help. There's, there's always uh, some threads that need to be uh, worked out because in New Zealand and in a, a lot of places where English is spoken, there's a, a dominant English-speaking culture, and then there's the, in, in New Zealand, it's the Maori culture. Uh, in the United States, it would be Native Americans or African Americans who, who came in slavery. And the criminal justice system, the prisons, and, and the justice systems are really overrepresented. So the, these youth... Uh, Offenders in New Zealand are about 70-80% Maori, even though the population is much lower. So there was really a way of looking at her, her desire to help and the indigenous soul of the, the, the land and of the Maori resources and how to be able to integrate those so that what she was trying to offer could be received. And so we, we worked with uh, Maori spirit and the spirit of the land and and in a way got that on board and and when that occurred the the project really started moving forward in a different way and on a personal level um on a personal level there were some fear for her around if she were to take this on who would she become well, how would it might it impact her family how might it impact her husband and her child and there was um some apprehension about you know the vision that she had and then you know how to go about taking that on in a in a way that um, that still honored her values as a as a mom and as a wife, and so we did uh, quite a bit of constellating around um, also her her comfort level with her own bigness and her own um, you know stepping into her power and uh, taking kind of first position in her life, taking on that that leadership role where she's not necessarily a support to somebody, but she's standing tall in in her own way, um, and you know by we really needed to do some constellating around what was behind her that didn't want her to step in in that way. You know, what, whether it was her parents or grandparents or great-grandparents that might have values of um, what a woman in, like her might, how, how, what, what's respectable um, 
and what would a, a good mother do or what would a good wife do versus uh, the businesswoman that she wanted to be and, the, and, you know, what it would be like to have a 14-year-old daughter around um, these youth offenders. And, you know, she had some fear that was there and she needed to kind of do, do some personal work around stepping into her power. Interesting. All right. And, and uh, Emily, talk about the other woman with the child. You said it was an autistic child? Right. Um, so in this, in this situation, it was, um, we, we brought, um, we actually did a constellation on his uh, mental health challenges, and she was attributing his social isolation to um, just a, a symptom of Asperger's. And when we stepped back, we were with his um, grandmother and great-grandmother, who had both been institutionalized for depression. Um, and um, and we, we actually continued the, the lineage further back to um, Jews that were, um, I, think, I think it could have been in the pogroms, if I remember right. Uh-huh. I think it was a pogrom invasion. Um, and uh, and the, the, the fear of being around people that you might be, you know, invaded, you may feel unsafe. Um, a lot of the, the women in her lineage experienced um, kind of anxiety of being out in society and ended up, uh, you know, so isolated that they became inst- institutionalized. Um, and he was kind of carrying that fear. So I think that origin uh, brought us back to uh, Russia and the, and the pogrom invasion of the Jews, where a whole village was wiped out. Um, and once we worked through that, uh, he signed up for student council that afternoon, which is, you know, hard to treat. Uh, but it did, it did lift the aspect of his symptoms that were creating social anxiety. Okay. Oh, amazing. All right. Um, so it really, really can work. You just have to be open to it. And as you said, you have to do some inner work. But um, amazing. All right. I, I want to switch a little bit. And I want to ask you about... <clears throat> This whole celebrity suicide, I don't know what it is that we have, but it's been happening a lot. I mean, recently, uh, Anthony Bourdain, and then the woman, Kate Spade, uh, and, you know, then, of course, Robin Williams a couple of years ago, but there have been more. And now, last night on CNN, Anderson Cooper, whose brother committed suicide, did a whole show on suicide and brought on celebrities who had had this in their family and they were open about it and talked about it. Um, give, give us your thought, because to me, the work that you do in Constellation, going back and looking at patterns, would very much tie into this and probably would prevent a lot of suicides. Go ahead, either one of you. Well, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a, of a charged issue that a, a lot of the the people who commit suicide uh, are being treated. And, you know, there's evidence that suggests that uh, some of the treatment models, uh, some of the better treatment models are actually increasing the risk of suicide. And so that you can look at the uh, 25% increase in suicides in the last uh, 18 years. Uh, but it, uh, you know, it tracks along an increase in the rates of medication and most of the celebrities, certainly, who are uh, committed suicide are also taking uh, medication. And so there, there really is a question of the, the whole paradigm of uh, mental health treatment and uh, its effectiveness. And the celebrity suicides, of course, are masking that uh, 20 veterans, uh, military veterans a day in the United States are committed suicide. And a lot of them also have been through the VA system and have received treatment. And there's a you know, question about the effectiveness of that treatment. Um, 
the paradigm that we're working from is, you know, not to look at into someone's brain and to the molecules of their brain to find the problem, uh, not to look uh, necessarily at uh, having them re-experience the traumas that they've suffered, uh, but to find the resources for them, uh, the ancestral and the spiritual resources that are available for them, and to understand in a deep way what's happening for them, their anxiety, their depression, what, you know, what is uh, at the root of it, who, who is there with them, that, that there's a story uh, that can be told and understood, and the symptoms can uh, relieve uh, at that point. And it's, uh, uh, it's a, it is quite a different paradigm from uh, what most people uh, receive when they get mental health treatment, but you know, we found in our practice that it's uh, very effective. I, I, what, what amazes me, particularly around the celebrity suicide, for example, in Anthony Bourdain, right, who on the surface has everything, everything, everything you could possibly imagine this man has achieved. And that one was surprising. Same thing with Kate Spade. I mean, these people who have fame and riches and beauty and travel, and it just on the surface. So there's obviously some dark demon in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the, the tilt in scientific psychology towards cognitive behavioral therapy or psychiatric meds locates the problems either in the brains or their cerebral minds. Um, but the work that we're doing is, uh, which, you know, scientific research is beginning to tap into in, with regards to the realms of morphic fields and global consciousness, near-death experiences and spirit mediumship. And what, what we're looking at is um, the gravity, you know, the gravity in a, in a family system that pulls people um, in, into an energetic field that is beyond brain science. Like I said earlier, the physical umbilical cord is literally a vine and we're the fruit. Um, when the doctor cuts us at birth, it loses its physicality. And in science, medicine, and psychology, it ceases to exist, that we're disconnected and we're these individuals out in the world. But on the ancestral and spiritual dimension of consciousness, where constellations have their greatest impact, there's an invisible, energetic, consciousness-rich umbilical cord that connects every living person to the life from which they grew. And what we find with suicide is that there's, you know, three aspects that, um, that, that keep repeating themselves. So there, there's some way where if suicide is in the lineage, um, there's a gravity in the system where, uh, you know, that where one wants to join. So it might not be somebody's father, might be someone's grandfather um, that committed suicide, and the grandchild has the gravity of, of wishing to join. Um, uh, to, to join the movement towards death. Yeah, I want to add to that. Something I saw on, uh, also on CNN was that the physicians or the mental health workers were talking about this, and it was just as you just said. They said something takes over in the brain that just, it's a whole different, it goes off the chart. It's like they, they can't, they're not reasoning logically anymore. Something just snaps in their mind, which is, is something mm-hmm. that you said. Right. I mean, the, the symptoms are, are definitely real of psychosis, of mania, of a deep depression, of physical symptoms, of physical agony, uh, uh, a panic attack, and people, it becomes unbearable. And, and so there is, a, there is a kind of relief. I, I can't live this way anymore. I can't live another minute uh, feeling this pain. Uh, it's it definitely a, a, a crushing uh, way to be and feel and, and there are times where it feels like, you know, death would be a great relief. And so there's, there's no question that in those moments that the pull towards 
death as a type of relief is, is uh, irresistible. And, and at the same time, there still is, a, you know, a question to ask at a deeper level. Who, who is panicking? Uh, who can't go on? Mm-hmm. That there's a, a merging of consciousness beyond that individual. Mm-hmm. And there's the kind of core sentences of, 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 a, of someone who has lost a loved one who wants to throw themselves into the grave. Uh, I, I want to come to, I want to be with you. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes it's self-sacrifice of, I'll right. do it for you. And sometimes mm-hmm. a disconnection from the life force. And that there, that there actually is a way to understand in, in a whole different context what's happening in those moments. Mm-hmm. And the symptoms themselves many times are also a joining and emerging. That, that they'll experience, you know, although the, the parents don't have mental health issues, the, the child does. They'll, they'll be experiencing a psychosis that's very similar to a grandparent or great-grandparent. And uh, literally, when the when the person who originally died or had some sort of form of psychotic break is acknowledged, like in the case I gave uh, case presentation I gave earlier, we, we when we were in relationship with those grandmother, that grandmother and great grandmother institutionalized. There were messages there, and once those messages were received, the, the symptoms list off the living descendants. Yeah, and I I would like to say I'm going to move from that to kind of the personal relationship the two of you have in doing this work, but I do want to say to my listeners that really check out the website, seeingwithyourheart.com, because this, you know, if you're struggling with depression or you know someone who is suicidal, I mean, just a session, this type of work in really understanding the patterns uh, could help you a lot. And it doesn't, it's not, you can do it in a group. You can do it individually, but check out Emily and Dan's work, seeingwithyourheart.com. All right, so in the few minutes we have left, what I would like to know is, you know, what attracted you both to this particular type of therapy, and what attracted you to each other? And the second half of that question is that, you know, how do you keep your relationship alive when you work together so intensely? So those are the two questions. You've got four minutes. <laughs> okay, thanks, Go Patricia. Go ahead, Emily. I, um, you know, I was attracted to this work. I worked with entrepreneurs and visionaries on helping them launch their initiatives in, in the world um, and get, get on stuff. And I found that many, many times we would be productive and effective and successful, and yet there would still be this uh, feeling inside that that wasn't fulfilled, this feeling of, like, there's something more for me to be doing it's not enough. I'm not enough. You know, this feeling of kind of scarcity within. And so I went looking for a tool that I felt would help people not only actualize their, their greatest expression of themselves, but to really be able to feel whole and complete and fulfilled in, in themselves. Um, and I met Dan at a, um, he presented uh, at an event that I was attending when I was in search for tools. And he presented on how your ancestry affects your leadership. Um, and in his presentation, uh, it was amazing that in 30 minutes, the, the whole room kind of expanded and opened and the fields of consciousness uh, descended. And it was, um, it was just a mind-blowing experience and, and really transformed uh, many, many areas of my life. And I, I, later, I contacted him and said, I, I would really like to include this work in some of my programs and the initiatives I was doing and kind of invited him to... Uh, to begin collaborating with me in some of the circles I was facilitating at the time. 
And that, that, that was the beginning of the, of our, uh, collaboration together and my interest in the work. And, um, and then it, it, it continued to open, but I, I think I'll let you, uh, speak about how you got interested in the work before we get into yeah, our, our relationship. You, right. Yeah, well, we have like a minute. So I, yeah. I've been doing this work a long time for decades, really, uh, as a peace activist and then looking for the missing tool. And I found constellations. I worked with that for a long time and I started, uh, Emily and I started working together in that, you know, clinical setting and she's, uh, you know, a brilliant clinician, uh, just, uh, very wise and, I was, it was a little bit like, uh, you know, being shot into outer space, uh, you know, with, uh, with, uh, someone that uh, made it very easy for me to fall in love with her. Uh, and, uh, I just, uh, really appreciated it. And when we came back to earth, uh, we just, uh, you know, found ourselves, w- uh, walking along together and, uh, it's just grown from there. I would say the balance between, and how do you uh, keep it alive together? when you're working so intensely together? Right. Um, it's always quite alive. I think because we're always working with truth, we're always working with, um, you know, uh, people's hearts. It's, uh, our life is, is quite rich. Um, I think we both have our own individual spiritual practices, our own ways of being in life, our own community and the community together. And we, you know, communicate. Uh, we actually use the same tools we use in sessions. We use to communicate with one another. And we... Um, you know, we just like really love each other. So it's uh, it just feels uh, like when things are hard, we we use our hearts as organs of perceptions to work through it. And when things are great, uh, you know, we actually never take it for granted. Every, every day, I'd say the one thing that is unique about our relationship is is every day, um, it's kind of a new commitment to one another. Where there's no assumption that it's going to be the same relationship the next day. That that each day it's a it's a new. Um, it's a new relationship. That, Beautiful. Uh, we, don't, we don't kind of subscribe to the idea that it's, well, that, you can take it for granted. That's an inspiration in itself, both of you. I, I can't thank you enough for being on. Folks, I really uh, suggest that you go to seeingwithyourheart.com and uh, see the work that Emily and Dan does. Wherever you are in the country, they can work with you remotely. And, um, you know, particularly for deep, you know, if you have deep patterns that just keep coming back, uh, you can find out where those come from and get them released. And it may take some work, but it's possible. And I've watched Emily and Dan work, and their work is really amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Emily and Dan, for being on the program. Thank oh, you so much, Patricia, yeah. for having us on this call. It's been great talking to you, Patricia. I uh, really appreciate, uh, you know, who you've been, uh, you know, uh, with these shows and, and how you've introduced so many new ideas uh, to, uh, you know, uh, thousands and thousands of people. And, and uh, uh, it's really an honor to, uh, to be part of it. Thank you so much. All right, stay on the line for a second. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. And like me on Facebook, which is a Facebook, again, Rask, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. I'm on LinkedIn and now I'm on Instagram. And um, we are already rebroadcasting this show on Saturdays at 3 o'clock. So for my listeners in Rhode Island, you can hear me uh, on Saturday at 3 uh, on the Health and Wellness Channel of VoiceAmerica.com. And right now we're on the Variety Channel. Until next time, have a great week. I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. 
Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.